You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. Like I said, we're going to try this in a little bit of a different way today. I wanted to make it a little bit more conversational, especially if there's only going to be a few people here. So we'll kind of play week by week, looking for whatever shift into this moment makes sense. Uh, But I noticed throughout the last few years, (laughs) almost, we've been going through prophetic passages in the Bible, uh, which is actually a pretty large portion of the Bible. But We've been going through Isaiah for the last few months. Um, A lot of that has been online. Some of it was uh, in person before we ended up online. But then we've also been going through Revelation before that, which is another prophetic book. And before that, we spent a lot of time in the Gospels. We've actually preached through all four Gospels sometime over the last nine and a half years. So all of those are focused on prophets. And so as we've spent all this time talking about prophets, I thought it might help to just kind of pause as we've been going through Isaiah and just ask the question, what exactly is a prophet? And so I wanted to open that up to you guys. Help me out here. What do you think that prophets are? What do they do? What is the point? Why do they exist? Why does God have them in his ministry, working for kingdoms, working for churches, and all of that. What, what would we make of all of these questions? So feel free to feed the conversation here. Otherwise, we'll make it super awkward for you. Mouthpiece for God. Mouthpiece for God. So they speak on God's behalf. Yep. We see that happen in different ways. Sometimes they receive a vision. They speak it out. Sometimes they receive a dream. They speak it out. Sometimes they receive a word. They speak it out. Sometimes they're given kind of like some kind of action to go and do as an illustration. Things like that. Uh, So hear God's word. Speak it out. What else do they do? Or what is in the content of half of those words? Warnings. Warnings? Yeah, it's fun because a good prophet looks like a false prophet. Isn't that great? (laughs) What I mean by that is a good prophet actually causes people to turn away and repent by giving them warnings. So like Jonah. Jonah was a... Jonah was not a great prophet... But as far as like he got people to repent, that makes him a good prophet. But it also probably made Nineveh think that he was crazy later, right? (laughs) Nineveh was probably like, remember that guy who came in here and told us like to repent and we all did and then nothing happened? What was that all about? Well, nothing happened because you repented. So a good prophet sometimes looks like a false one because he actually turns the curve with his warnings. Usually that's not the case. The prophets are usually speaking and no one's listening. So what else? Someone other than Tylar. Future blessings. What was that? Future blessings. Blessings? Yeah, future blessings. Future blessings. Yeah, so sometimes prophecy is about the future. Here's something that's coming. Here's something ahead of us. 
That's, that's also a big mistake people make is where they think that prophecy is only about the future, uh, which there's a fair amount of words in the Bible that are um, painting what is to come. But if you pay close attention, you realize the prophets more often than not are talking about right now in the present, speaking God's word into it. So future stuff, blessing stuff, warning stuff, and also present stuff. Anything else? Like role, model. role models. Yeah, I mean, they, they hear God's voice. So, like, if you wanted to live up to, uh, like, if you, if you were looking for someone to be like, what, what is God like? <laughs> the prophets would be big ones to, to try to image, as long as you got the right prophet. Because there are a lot of false prophets throughout the Bible as well. Um, and people love false prophets. That's, that's one of the ways you can usually tell. Part of the mark of a false prophet, Jesus himself says this in a Luke, I think, is like, you guys love the false prophets. They told you the words that you always wanted to hear. Whereas the real prophets were the ones warning you and you killed them. So, so I tangented. What you actually said was <laughs> that role models. Yeah. So if we were living up to these ones that we don't always like, that would be like, Causing us to say, we, we got to be more like God. These people hear his voice. Let's, let's try to copy that. And they weren't perfect. Let's get that straight. Other than Jesus, he was a perfect prophet. But again, you got like people like Jonah, who's like, God gave me this word. I'm out of here. Oh, there's a storm coming. Guys, just throw me in the ocean. I could probably just pray about this, but let's just toss me off the ship. That would be better. <laughs> so they're not always, I guess, perfect role models, but some of them. What else? Uh, prophesying just for a moment? Yeah, so what would be an example of that? Do you have one? <laughs> You're going to make me expand on something. Well, uh, so I'm thinking... Well, and Jesus was uh, when he brought to the um, temple. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when John the Baptist is being born and you've got uh, Anna speaks up with these prophetic words, but I think because she was a prophetess, she might have had that before. So I'm thinking some of the um, early on, Moses had a bunch of elders. The Holy Spirit came on them and anointed them and they seem to like prophesize the way that the Bible explains it and then the Holy Spirit leaves and they don't do it again <laughs> which is kind of a weird picture but that was a temporary moment where they prophesied for a moment New Testament though um, is more the Holy Spirit comes causes people to prophesy if you will and then doesn't leave so we live in a different time now but that was the case before that doesn't make everyone a prophet, but it at least does mean that the source of prophecy, the Holy Spirit, is inside of all of us as Christians, and therefore the potential ability to prophesy could come if the Holy Spirit were to lead us in such a way. Um, so there's a great book if you really want to dive deep into the importance of the prophetic and prophets. It's a classic book if you ever were to go to college and study ministry, you would be forced to read this book. Walter Brueggemann, The Prophetic Imagination. 
And he tries to just really dig down. What are the prophets about? Why do they say the things they say, do the things they do, so on and so forth? And there's two things that Brueggemann would come to say, like these are the big things that the prophets are about. It's number one, it's critique. Number two, it's energizing. Critique and energizing. Critique is important because our world is not right, right? I mean, in the Old Testament, God's kingdom, prophets like often seem to be like working with kings. I mean, just imagine that today, right? If, if at the White House, there was like a prophet who often went in there like, okay, here's what God was saying, just so you know, president, here's what's up. You know, like, that sounds weird to us, but that was the way that ancient kingdoms worked. Because all of these different kingdoms of any different place, like they needed prophets so that their little G gods or God himself for Israel would speak to them about what they were to do. And all the other kingdoms always had all these false prophetic words because they weren't hearing from anything or what they were hearing was wrong. And then God would speak to Israel. And a lot of times the kings didn't want to hear it. Like it's, it's, it's funny sometimes because you see these kings who are like, oh man, I need, a, I need a word from God. Well, we can go get the prophet. Oh, no, no, no. He never tells me anything I want to hear. <laughs> That's part of the role of the prophet is because sometimes when they come and they speak, it's critique and no one wants to hear them. And Jesus calls out the people of his time, you killed all of them because you didn't want to hear them anymore. And then Jesus, the mega prophet, guess what they did to him? They killed him too. Because they didn't want to hear him anymore. I hate to say this, but there's kind of this template to the prophetic <laughs> that when prophets come along and critique kingdoms and tell them the good, loving news of God and his justice and tell us that the world is not right and it needs to be better, they often get killed. Think of Martin Luther King Jr. He comes along, he is energized to paint a better world, he has a dream. That one day, things could be right. Racism could be done away with. He energizes people towards this blessing of the future. This is what life could be like. This is how God sees the world. He loves you, and we love you, even though you're our enemies half the time, and you kill us. Even though you destroy our houses and throw bricks through our windows, still we choose to love you nonetheless. Those are prophetic messages. Calling critique into a world, there's racism, it is broken, and God needs it to stop. He's a pastor, and he's got a prophetic voice in that moment, and they killed him. So often we act like, well, Martin Luther King died, and then racism was fixed. Where else has that ever been the case? Someone was killed, and the problem was fixed. No, that creates... A bigger problem creates a hole in society. So, when you look at the prophetic, you see the critiquing. And people don't like that. We like normal. Normal is easier. Normal is what we're used to. We would prefer to say, well, the world is screwed up and that's just the way it is, but one day life will be perfect because we have that blessing for the future under Jesus. But did Jesus do that? Did Jesus just come into this world and say like, oh... Things are really bad. Oh, well, it'll be better later. See you all. I'm just here to die on a cross real quick. No, he spent 30 plus years getting to know people, 
understanding that, that heaven breaks through right now in our world, in this place, in this time. It's not something that's just way off in the distance. He ate with sinners. He ate with people that, to be quite honest, most people in the church would never eat with any church. Those were like his people. That was his crowd. He loved them. He spent time with them. That was prophetic. See, the ways of this world already has a system, and it's okay with its own system. It would prefer the world adhere to its system. But Jesus said woes to that system. We often focus on the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. There's the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. They shall be comforted. We focus on like, yes, we need to, as Christians, live a humble life. But Jesus then speaks woes right after the Beatitudes. You've got the Beatitudes and then the woeitudes. I, I don't know. <laughs> the woeitudes are like, woe to you who are rich. Because you might have it all right now, but down the road you do not. He's got more to say about the kingdoms of this world and the ways in which they live. So the prophetic is when the kingdom of heaven is implemented into our world. And the world does not like heaven. And the world will often try to snuff out or destroy or kill the more that someone tries to advocate for heaven. Not every time, but many times. Because heaven's so countercultural to this world. They're like moving in entirely different directions. And when they start to press together, the world pushes back pretty hard. But if we are to be Christians, then we are to live prophetic lives. The prophets are not people who just hear God's voice and speak it out, and that's all they do with their lives. The prophets are people who are implementing heaven into the world around them through their actions. They are calling attention to how the world needs to be upset with itself. The world will constantly keep going the route that it's going, until heaven steps in through a Christian and says, you know what, this isn't right, and we are better than this to just keep going this route. And so Jesus comes in and he spends time with those that no one else did. He spends time with the bottom of the social chain. He himself is at the bottom of the social chain. He's born inside of a feeding trough, then becomes a refugee after nearly being aborted. He comes in at the bottom and then lives his life serving those at the bottom and then exiting out on a cross right before making himself like a slave and washing his friend's feet who are so much lower than him because he's God in flesh and yet he treats them with love anyways. He flips the world upside down if we pay close attention. If you haven't heard uh, in our video service last week, we have a new mission statement. It's in Jackson as it is in heaven. Used to be create space, foster growth, love people, love God, but this is really all embodied better in, in another phrase. In Jackson as it is in heaven. That was Jesus' prayer. On the earth as it is in heaven. God's kingdom come to earth 
as it is in heaven. And as we're focused right here in this area, it is our prophetic design as Christians to help Jackson see heaven. To implement it wherever we go. Sometimes it's simple. Sometimes it's letting someone cut you in line at the store. Sometimes it's playing a game with your family and and spending some quality time. Other times it's more radical. Other times you got to wake up at 6 a.m. in the morning and go out and count homeless people so that you can ensure that they are taken care of by the organizations that can do that throughout the year. And I will just hop on this for one second. On Wednesday, as far as 1208 goes, it was me and two other people from 1208 who showed up and then a lot of community action organization. I just want to say, if we are at the point where we feel that it is important enough for us to meet because we just want to have community with each other, that in some ways is a desire for ourselves. There's a little bit of kind of selfishness there, right? If we are willing to meet for reasons that we would say are for us, then we have to be willing to meet for reasons that are for others. So as events come up, if we decide that it's time to go back in person, let's, let's ensure that we're also taking care of the world around us as we meet in person as well. Because we want to see Jackson come in heaven. So with that, let me pray for you, and then we'll let you go. Uh, yeah. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your prophetic word. We thank you that you speak to us, and we thank you that even when you don't speak to us, you have put on flesh to show us in the body what it looks like to live like you. And therefore, even when we don't hear your voice, we can read your voice and witness your voice and mirror your voice. So may it come in Jackson as it is in heaven. May those who have not felt fueled in a prophetic way, be gifted to a higher extent tonight, even if it's not to like the mega prophet level or anything like that. May they grow. And as they go throughout their week and they look for those little areas for heaven to break through, would you infuse them with those moments, just like you did with Isaiah, just like you did with John, just like you did with Jesus. Infuse us with heaven so that it breaks through through us. And we can prophesy through the, to the world, not just with words, but with action. Showing the normal way, showing the way that the world turns, that this can be turned upside down. That there is a better way. So Jesus, we give our lives to you. And we pray for your direction. In Jesus' name, amen. It is great to be with you. It is great to see your faces. Um, please keep practicing caution. Uh, I know that uh, there are some people in this room who have not ever met anyone with COVID in the last year and therefore aren't worried about it. I can tell you there are people in this room I know who have had COVID in the last year. So let's practice caution to be sure that we're not uh, just being uh, cautionless about it. I, <laughs> I don't Reckless. Let's not be reckless love. No, I don't know. All right. Well, hey, it's good to see you. And uh, we'll see you next week, if not sooner. Thanks.